All right, it's great to see you today. Welcome to our Journey Through Scripture podcast, our, our Tuesday edition. My name is Philip Thomas. I'm pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. Great to see you today. Uh, we are going to be continuing Numbers. Uh, we're going to be in Numbers chapters 22 through 25. So if you want to take a moment uh, to read Numbers 22 through 25, you can do that and then come back and join us. All right, Numbers 22 through 25 uh, is, a, is a great story and one that that many people kind of know a little bit about uh, because it has a talking animal right and <laughs> talking animals uh, seem to to be a, a little out of the ordinary uh, even in the uh, the cultural differences in the Bible I I don't think their culture had many talking animals. I think this was pretty rare, even even during that that time period. But what we have is, as we've seen in numbers, that the people are moving uh, from uh, the, kind of throughout the wandering, uh, and now they are getting uh, close to uh, the Jordan River. In fact, they're uh, kind of. Uh, planted right across uh, from Jericho, uh, across the uh, Jordan River, and they're getting close to being able to go into the promised land. Um, But there's still a lot going on, and they're they're still kind of in this 40 years of wandering. And so they are going to now encounter uh, the Moabites and the Midianites. Uh, These are two people groups uh, that we we see quite often, Um, and these groups of people are very nervous about uh, the people of Israel. They they see their numbers. uh, They see that they have uh, successfully defeated um, some other kingdoms already that when they have been attacked. And, and so the uh, Moabites and the Midianites are concerned. So one of the things that would be done in that day and time is that you would get a prophet um, to kind of give a, a blessing or a prophecy. And that many of the kingdoms and the kings would take that as a sign of things to come. And there was a prophet named Balaam. And uh, the, the king Balak uh, wanted Balaam uh, to come and to give him a good prophecy. Uh, now, this is kind of interesting. So Balaam, in a sense, is a prophet, and God actually does speak to Balaam. Uh, but Balaam is a prophet for hire. <laughs> Balaam doesn't, doesn't have an allegiance to God. Uh, he kind of goes where he's going to be paid. And this may make you think, well, does he prophesy a lot against the people who are paying for him, paying him? And the answer to that would be no. Typically, whoever's paying for him, he would prophesy basically what they wanted, right? And, and so Balak wanted him to come and prophesy that the Moabites and the Midianites, that they would be able to take out uh, the people of Israel. So God actually speaks to Balaam. And, and he says uh, there in uh, verse 12 of chapter 22, says, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So basically God is warning Balaam, uh, you don't need to go with the messengers the, from the Moabites and the Midianites uh, sent uh, messengers to come and, and bring Balaam back. Um, he said, you shouldn't go with them. Well, the negotiation then begins, right? And and uh, Balaam, to his credit, he does push back a little bit, but you can also, you get the sense that he's still eyeing the opportunity uh, to make a buck on this, right? So the, he 
he ends up deciding that he's going to go back uh, with uh, the uh, messengers back to Balak. Um, and, uh, uh, but he's, he said, I'm not going to prophesy against these people. Um, well, the messengers and Balak are sure that they can probably pay him enough to get him to change <laughs> his prophecy. Uh, but, the, but the Lord, uh, God speaks to them again and says, I've asked you not to go. And then Balaam asked the Lord, well, they've asked me, you know, said pretty pleased with sugar on top. Is it okay if I go back? And so the Lord says, you may go back. Interestingly, in verse 22, it says, Then God's anger was aroused uh, because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. So while, while God did allow Balaam to go back with them, he, God is angry with this situation, and, and he knows who Balaam really is. And originally he had just asked Balaam, you just need to be done with this, but Balaam came back and wanted to to push it a little bit, and God allowed that, but God was still angry. And so Balaam is going with the messengers, and he is riding his his trusty steed, a donkey. Yes, I do not consider that a trusty steed, but apparently Balaam did. Um, And all of a sudden, the donkey acted out of character and just stopped. And Balaam got very angry and upset and started beating the donkey, and I'm sure had a few choice words for the donkey and was very upset. Um, And then just one of the greatest interactions ever. I I love just how... uh, How just kind of bland and ordinary it is in Scripture. Verse 28, Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me with these three times? Now, valid question. I mean, if you're the donkey, good question. I love the response. And Balaam said, How are you talking to me? What's going on? No, he didn't say that. He just joins in the conversation. He says, because you have abused me, right? So, so he's, he's like, you're supposed to just go where I want you to go, and so you have actually abused me. It's not me that's abusing you by beating you, kind of odd uh, <laughs> rationale. He says, I wish there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. Now, I don't know if the first thing that I would say to a talking donkey is that I want to kill you. Like, I, I think I would be a little more intimidated than that, but Balaam is not. And, uh, and so it continues. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. Uh, He said, behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. (laughs) So the donkey actually saves Balaam's life. uh, And it's, it's just an interesting situation here. And Balaam does uh, respond to seeing uh, God. Uh, but the angel of the Lord says, I have come to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. Um, see, God, God knows Balaam's heart. 
He knows that Balaam is not doing this because he believes that God is the one true God. He, he clearly is responding to him, uh, but there's more to Balaam, and we're going to see that um, down, down the road. But, uh, but Balaam does listen to the angel of the Lord, and, and I guess after that, you would be pretty well sold on the fact that, you know what, I'm going to do what this, what this God is telling me to do. <laughs> and so Balaam does go, and he meets with uh, Balak, uh, the king, and uh, they start to have negotiations. Balak is imploring Balaam, as you read through, to, to prophesy and, uh, in favor of the Moabites and the Midianites, um, and Balaam just does not do it. It's, it's interesting, read through those different prophecies. It tells you uh, it's, it's a blessing to Israel. It's a, it, they're really positive things that Balaam says about the, the people of Israel. It's interesting, Balak is so is so hung up on needing this prophecy that he just moves around to different vantage points. It's like, okay, we're at this point and, and you see the people, um, uh, give me a prophecy against them. And uh, Balaam doesn't give a prophecy against them. It's actually a positive thing. So he says, well, let's move over to this other mountain and look at the uh, people of Israel from a different perspective. Maybe then you'll see that, uh, that you can prophesy against them. And sure enough, of course, he can't. So there's uh, the second prophecy there in chapter 23. Uh, there's the third prophecy uh, in, in chapter 24 and the fourth prophecy um, there in chapter 24. And basically, by the end, uh, Balaam says, there's, there's nothing else I can do. I cannot uh, support and give you what you want. Um, so Balak is very disappointed. Balaam is disappointed because he doesn't get paid, right? And, uh, but, but the people of Israel, they are gaining momentum, if you will, gaining strength. Uh, people are now recognizing, uh, okay, there's, there's something about this people group. Uh, but then you go right into chapter 25. So all these wonderful things that have been said uh, about the people of Israel by Balaam, this guy who was, is more stubborn than a donkey, right, and has to be corrected by a talking donkey. Uh, he says all of these wonderful things about the people of Israel, uh, the, the uh, prophesying uh, uh, for God about Israel. And then we see chapter 25, and the people of Israel just they they don't get it they are so much like us right we just we we just can't we can't get it out of our own way and so we have the the people beginning to commit harlotry with the women of Moab and so basically what you had is you had Moabite women that came over um there's lots of indication that this is uh, it, there in the very beginning of chapter 25 it says they invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods and the people ate and bowed down to their gods little g right so the Moabite gods so Israel joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. So not only were there sexual stuff going on, it was probably related to um, religious uh, practices. That, that was not uncommon, that there'd be uh, sexual acts done and, and in response to uh, the gods of the day and uh, the, the god of Baal here. And so you see the, some of the people of Israel getting into this. I, this is kind of fascinating. The, <laughs> the Bible, it's amazing. We, 
even as adults, sometimes we kind of have the Sunday school version of the Bible in our head. Um, that's usually the different stories that, that we see. Um, they're, they're kind of G-rated, maybe PG-rated, because as we share them to our, our children. But uh, the Bible is uh, not PG-rated. The Bible is real life, and real life is not PG. And uh, so you, what you see is uh, there was a, uh, a gentleman, uh, one of the, the priests, uh, and he saw what was going on. And so God uh, basically sent a plague. People were dying. Uh, there was a Moabite woman who came to take advantage of that situation as they had been. Uh, there was a man who uh, went in with her and they are basically having sex. And the, the priest saw this. He arose from the congregation, took a javelin in his hand. He went after the man of Israel into the tent and he thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So <laughs> it doesn't take a great imagination to figure out what was going on there. Um, and after that, uh, it says, so the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. Um, and, uh, and those who died with the plague were 24,000. Right, so this is a, a major punishment uh, that that we we have seen before, and it's interesting. It specifically names uh, who the the man of Israel was and the Moabite uh, woman. Um, pretty pretty interesting. Excuse me, it's a Midianite woman uh, at this point. Um, pretty interesting that it would name them specifically in the record for all eternity. Um, very very interesting. Again just going to the fact that these were real events that really did happen. One thing that's, that's interesting, because sometimes we do, we struggle with this, like, oh, did these things really happen? Um, and of course, I believe that they did. Uh, the prophet Balaam is actually, um, there's some ancient inscriptions that mention Balaam um, the, uh, from text uh, outside of Scripture uh, from this time frame. Uh, that uh, mentioned Balaam as a basically a prophet for hire. Um, so there, there's actually some cor- corroborating evidence for the existence of Balaam outside uh, of Scripture. So that to me is a is a very interesting story uh, again of of how God is uh, protecting the people, uh, but he he always is holding them accountable. Um, the people do some horrible things, and God always holds them accountable, um, but then does offer repentance and, and continues uh, to choose to work through them. So that's going to be our, our time for today. Next, uh, on Thursday, you have, you have a lot between now and Thursday, uh, because some of it is repetitive, so I understand, but make sure you go through, because there's some little new stuff every once in a while, Um, and we're going to go all the way to the end of Numbers, so that's Numbers 26 through 36, Numbers 26 through 36, and we will begin talking about them on Thursday. We'll see you then.